Welcome to Academy Days, a Christian fiction podcast for teen girls. I'm your host and author, Judith. Enjoy Academy Days, Episode 19, Fall Break, Flora and a Full House. When Lacey Winters looked out the bus window and saw a stepladder leaning against the side of the house, her stomach tightened and her weekend joy seeped into dread. Mom was in a cleaning mood, and when her cleaning mood extended to the outside of the house, it could only mean one thing. Flora was coming home for Thanksgiving break after all. The drama teacher had badgered Lacey through her lines a total of 12 times this afternoon. Didn't she deserve some kind of break? Get changed and come back outside right away, Mom said, as soon as Lacey stepped up onto the front porch. Grab some pretzels for a snack on your way out. Lacey trudged inside. Would Mom ever clean the gutters for her one day when she was a famous... something, and deigned to come home for a long weekend? Of course, Flora wasn't famous, just a college sophomore. But for some reason, Mom went all royal treatment every time Flora stepped foot back into the house. I guess this means I have cheddar broccoli soup to look forward to. Lacey mumbled as she dragged herself upstairs. And vegetarian quinoa bowls? Lacey plopped her messenger bag next to her desk. And chia seed fruit smoothies. Life for the next week would be hard. Flora always had so much advice, too. Stuff she'd read in her textbook she thought Lacey needed to know. At least Flora wasn't into drama. If Flora ever started in with acting advice, Lacey would lock herself in the garage attic, and everybody knew really big spiders lived there. She watched through the blinds as Mom's head and shoulders appeared over the brim of the porch roof. Yes, she was getting ready to clean the gutter. Then, beyond Mom in the front drive, Corin rode his bike past and into the Irving driveway. Why was he home so early? Didn't he have band practice like Ira? Maybe he'd finally convinced his mom to let him drop the electives since he loathed his trumpet anyway. Lacey had watched him leave it directly in front of a bus wheel once. It was only because of a great flapping rush by Mrs. Cowan that the trumpet survived. Corn had spent a week in detention for that one. Lacey turned away from the window with a sigh. Not only did she have to stand on a ladder with a bucket of soapy water and wash windows, but she had to do it in front of Corin too. Then, a vision appeared in Lacey's mind. A vision of the sunshine brightening the aqua blue of her favorite shirt against the golden tan, okay, peachy glow of her skin. She'd redo her hair into a curly updo like London always wore to school. Lacey flew into action. She'd shower, too, just in case Corn came out and offered to help. She wanted to smell like strawberries and honey, not all-day school sweat. What are you wearing? Mom said, when Lacey appeared outside ready for work duty. That is your favorite outfit, Lacey. I put bleach in this water. If you get it on your clothes, they'll be ruined. Lacey pushed up the sleeves of her shirt. I'll be careful. Mom pursed her lips and dumped a bucket of leaves from the gutter and climbed back up onto the ladder to continue working. 
Lacey lined window screens up against the closed garage door and carefully pointed the hose away from herself before letting loose a strong blast of water. This part wasn't too bad. But as she dipped a sponge into a bucket of water, reeking of glass cleaner and bleach, she cringed. Suppose corn came over now, and the smell of chemicals overpowered the fresh shampoo scent of her hair. She doused the sponge in the water and set to scrubbing the first screen. She bent forward, keeping her clothes well away from any droplets of water. In half a minute, her back and arms began to ache as she reached forward to scrub the screens free of dirt and bug ligaments. Lacey, what are you doing? Mom said, climbing down the ladder with a second bucket of gutter fodder. Cleaning the screens? Lacey said, straightening, the sponge held out at arm's length. This is why you should have worn old clothes, Mom sighed. You'll take twice as long to clean those screens if you're going to be that fastidious. Lacey squinted at her mother. Fastidious? Was that an insult? Had her loving mother just called her a mean name? Careful, particular, tedious, Mom sighed again. Never mind. Why don't you just go change, honey? But I'm being... A car door slammed. Mom, Ira came jogging up the sidewalk. Go change, Ira. The second-story windows are waiting. Ira glanced upwards, then towards Lacey. Flora's coming home? Lacey nodded. Ira sighed. Oh, great. Ira? Mom dropped her bucket and put her hands on her hips. Your older sister misses you. She misses all of us. Ira shook his head. I didn't mean it like that, Mom. It's just... He ran a hand through his hair. Do you know where Carmen and her mom have been staying since the flood? Mrs. Oliver said they found something temporary. Yeah, temporary, as in a room at the Bridge Motel. Lacey dropped the sponge. The Bridge Motel? The place with five bug lights in the parking lot and the inexplicable ape statue by the front door? They've been staying there? Mom's eyes were wide. They can't stay there. Exactly. I thought maybe... Ira shrugged. Maybe they could stay in the rec room again, like they did that one weekend. There's a bathroom down there and a fridge. His voice trailed off. But I guess with Flora coming home and everything... I'm calling Mrs. Oliver right now, Mom said. They have to come. Lacey watched as Mom hurried inside, Ira right behind her. It was darling, really, how much Ira cared about Carmen. Almost romantic, but not really. Maybe if the story had involved anybody besides Ira. Lacey glanced across the yard towards Corin's house. Would he ever come to her rescue someday? Suddenly, the garage door at the side of Corin's house opened, and there he was, pushing a lawnmower into the sunlight. Lacey waved, brushing strands of hair out of her face with the other hand. Corn jogged across the yard. What are you guys doing? Cleaning. Flora's coming home. Corin nodded. I'd rather be using a hose than a lawnmower on a hot day like this. I thought this was November, not June. Lacey fiddled with a strand of hair before tucking it behind her ear. Want to help? 
Corin looked over his shoulder towards his own house. Sure, sounds more fun than walking back and forth for an hour. Lacey led the way toward the ladder at the side of the house. Climb up, and I'll hand you the hose. You just rinse the windows, and then I'll follow with the squeegee and bucket. Yeah, sure. A moment later, Lacey stood at the foot of the ladder as Corin doused the second-story windows with water. A cool mist touched her face as she smiled upwards. This was perfect. Corin, Lacey took a deep breath. My sister's coming home. She's starting her sophomore year. I bet she'll have news. News she's dating some sweet guy. Lacey fiddled with the bucket of bleach water, swishing the squeegee around in the suds. And it looks like Carmen and her mom are coming to stay for Thanksgiving, at least. You've seen Ira and Carmen together at school, you know. Uh-huh. Corin let the hose drop to the ground and climbed down the ladder. We need to move over so I can reach those other windows. Sure. Lacey helped lug the ladder over a few feet. Corin, doesn't it feel like relationships are all around you sometimes? Corin shrugged. I don't know. He climbed back up the ladder and reached down for the hose. Lacey handed it up. Don't you ever wish, you know, that... You had somebody, like, special, like, to date? Lacey fished the squeegee up from the bottom of the bucket, like a girlfriend. She twirled a strand of hair around her finger and gazed up at him. Corin snorted. Like I have the time for that, or the money. Guys who date are always buying stuff. Iced coffees and new hoodies and perfume. He rolled his eyes. Besides, I'm not allowed to date until I'm 18. Lacey stared, clutching the squeegee to her stomach. Eighteen? Yep. Corin climbed the rest of the way up the ladder and blasted the windows with water. A shower of droplets splashed down onto Lacey's head, cold and wet, like her dreams. An hour later, Lacey trudged in the back door of the house. Half the upstairs windows were clean, but Corn had gone home to mow. Mom and Ira had sped off with the van and truck to pick up Carmen and Mrs. Oliver. Maybe Lacey could find a snack to bolster her spirits. Eighteen. Who made their son wait that long to find their one true love? Sure, the Irvings were kind of uptight about some stuff, but this, this was drastic. Anybody home? Dad's voice carried from the front entry. A moment later, he appeared in the kitchen. I got Mom's message and put in an order for pizza. I hope... He stopped, staring at Lacey. Lacey, what did you do to your hair? And your clothes? Lacey lowered the brownie she'd just peeled out of a pan on the counter. She looked down at her denim skirt. White streaks dribbled the blue material. She held the hem of her shirt away from her body. A large white splotch covered the stomach area. Lacey dashed to the downstairs powder room and stared at herself in the mirror. Not only was her outfit ruined, but odd strands of blonde hair now stribbled against her forehead. 
an uneven set of highlights in her otherwise brown hair. Dad wouldn't let her stay in her room when the pizza arrived. The Olivers showed up five minutes later, and everybody sat down for dinner. Mom paused, just as Dad said, Let's bow our heads for prayer. She frowned at Lacey. What's going on with your hair, Lacey? Her eyes went wide. There was bleach in that water in you. She pressed a hand to her forehead. Oh, Lacey. Five people bored a hole in her head with their eyes. Lacey resisted the urge to cover her hair with her hands. Instead, she scooted back her chair. Excuse me, while I go to find the largest headband known to mankind, she said, and marched out of the kitchen. Everybody kind of ignored her when she returned with a polka dot handkerchief tied over her hair. She ate her two slices of pizza in silence, blinking and squinting every time she thought of how she'd look at school. A few tears ran down her face and plopped onto her paper plate. Mom started dishing out brownies. Dad took his and headed out to the back deck. Ms. Oliver leaned on the counter and talked recipes. Today was a two-brownie kind of day. Lacey took hers, named the whipped cream canister dead center. She didn't let up until an Eiffel Tower of toppings stood before her. Can you believe it? She finally burst out. The Irvings are so strict. Corn can't even date until he's eighteen. Mom glanced over at her. Don't criticize people's parenting choices, Lacey, especially in that tone of voice. Besides, you aren't allowed to date until you're eighteen, either. Lacey stared at her mother. Eighteen? Like four years from now, eighteen? Was her mother serious? Were her parents sharing child-rearing books with the Irvings or something? Mom shoveled the brownie onto Ms. Oliver's plate, waving away protests about calories and carbs. Did her mother not realize she had just thrown a brick at her daughter, or... Lacey shifted her gaze to read Carmen's opinion on the announcement. How embarrassing, having confident, beautiful Carmen present for such a life-altering sentence. Carmen had stopped chewing, her fork half-buried in chocolate goo. She stared down at her plate, two red blotches growing on her face. Clearly she was shocked, shocked that any parents would make such a rule for their children. What about Ira? Lacey said. He isn't eighteen. Ira leaned against the counter, peeling a banana for a banana brownie split. I'm not dating, either. Lacey squinted glancing from Carmen back to her brother. But what about you and Car? Suddenly, mushy banana clogged her senses. She tried to breathe, talk, squeal. It was all banana paste. She grabbed a napkin and covered her mouth as she worked to chew and swallow. Her eyes watered as she checked to see if Carmen had seen. But Carmen was headed for the powder room. Ms. Oliver and Mom were too busy discussing the plants Mom kept on the shelves in the corner of the kitchen nook to notice either. Finally, Lacey swallowed. She stood and faced her brother. Ira took a bite of a fresh banana and chewed, watching her. Ira, Lacey whispered, rubbing a hand down her cheek to clear away a smear of fruit. That was rude, awful, embarrassing. Ira nodded. 
but necessary. Lacey searched for words to describe her brother, but before she could think of something especially poignant, the front door banged open. I'm home, Flora yelled, caught an early flight. She danced into the kitchen and started hugging everybody, even Miss Oliver. Guess what? She twirled. I got the lead part in the Christmas drama. Lacey edged towards the stairs. Time to start packing for the attic. Thank you for listening to another episode of Academy Days. If you'd like to receive new episode notifications and author updates by email, let me know by sending a message to academydayspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, 